Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. At this point, most shows are winding down. Roy is just getting started. The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. Always great to have you with us on the Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network. A little later, it'll be an extended version of Beauties and the Beast with Catherine, Linda, Michelle, and me. And we'll do a 2016 review because this is our final weekend of live programs, we'll have best of, over Christmas and New Year's. Um, We have all, I'm sure, with horror, watched what's been going on in Aleppo as it's appeared on our screens. Colonel Peter Mansour is the former executive officer to General David Petraeus during the surge in Iraq. His book is uh, Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus and the Remaking of the Iraq War. He's also a professor at Ohio State University. Um, Colonel Mansour, it's good to have you with us. Good afternoon, Roy. Great to be on. Yeah, this... Assad's military forces captured Aleppo this week. Why is the situation, why did it become so disastrous? Is it the Assad government, which must bear responsibility, propped up by Iran and Russia entirely? Or does the United States have at least some responsibility, as President Obama never followed up on his red line threat, were chemical weapons to be introduced, which we know they were? Yeah, well, certainly the lion's share of the responsibility has to go to the perpetrators of the war crimes in Aleppo, and that's the regime of Bashar al-Assad backed by uh, Vladimir Putin's Russia and and the Ayatollahs in Tehran. But, um, you know, President Barack Obama, his legacy will certainly be tarnished by his inability to do anything in in Syria and his belief that uh, any sort, that, that the United States only had a unitary choice either do nothing or go in with 100,000 troops and get fully involved in the civil war. And I just reject that, that binary option that he keeps throwing out as a straw man. In fact, there was a lot of other things the United States could have done, and he rejected all of them. And as a result, uh, the, the rebels got, uh, got hammered. It must be difficult for members of the, uh, of the military, particularly those who are in Iraq, to see what's going on. And, it, and, and I guess I'm repeating what you said, and to hear the, the president say what he's saying. Yeah, well, I think uh, for, for those of us who fought in Iraq, and I was there uh, for two different tours, 28 months total, spent uh, you know, a lot of my adult life uh, in, in Iraq uh, fighting and watching our soldiers die, I think we're, we're more disappointed by his, the president's failure uh, to maintain troops in Iraq when we had that war won. And uh, that failure to do that, uh, withdrawing our forces, withdrew the leverage that we had on the Iraqi government, and it subsequently became a very sectarian government uh, and partially beholden to Iran next door as well. And, And what could have been a great foreign policy and national security success for the United States after the surge was thrown away for for really no good reason. And then when you say you had the war won, you're talking about the time that, uh, that 
during the surge when you essentially had ISIS was was, was almost non-existent and Al Qaeda was uh, was decimated. Well, yeah, they're one and the same. So Al Qaeda in Iraq, the forerunner to ISIS, uh, we had it uh, defeated, uh, nearly destroyed, and uh, all we had to do is follow up on those successes uh, in both uh, the military and political spheres. Uh, but once we changed uh, administrations in the United States, the Obama administration lost interest in Iraq, and as a result, it threw away one of the greatest opportunities that we had, and uh, the result is the disaster that you see today. White House a few weeks ago said there was nothing left to talk to Russia about over Syria, and Secretary of State John Kerry told Syrian opposition in a leaked conversation that the U.S. has no legal justification to be fighting in Syria and would be in violation of international law without a resolution supporting military action from the Security Council of the United Nations? Well, I don't think so, because um, ISIS falls under uh, the resolutions dealing with al-Qaeda. Um, so certainly we can get involved in Iraq, at least uh, fighting ISIS. Um, in terms of uh, arming the rebels, you know, Security Council resolutions have never stopped us in the past. We armed the Mujahideen against uh, the Russians in Afghanistan in the 1980s without a Security Council resolution. So I think that's just, um, you know, justification for doing nothing. Colonel Mansour, is the focus still on ISIS and how powerful or perhaps influential does ISIS remain as an international entity? Uh, The focus will certainly be on ISIS. The Trump administration... um, has, uh, has no interest in getting involved in, in Syria. Um, it has uh, made noises as to how it agrees uh, that Russia and is doing good work there. And, um, you know, it's just crazy talk, but that's where we are today. So uh, a Trump administration will focus its efforts on destroying ISIS and do n- not much else. In terms of ISIS's capabilities, although its uh, caliphate is shrinking dramatically, and, um, and it's losing ground in the Middle East, um, I think what you're going to see is the, is the various um, uh, guerrillas and, and terrorists that are in the ISIS homeland now will flee back to their home, home countries. And many of them, up to 5,000, have European passports. Maybe up to 100 have uh, American or Canadian passports. So you're going to see some homegrown terrorism around the world in, in years to come. It's going to be one of the greatest challenges for the Homeland Security Agencies of the West. It was so painful and so difficult to see the people, and still is, to see the, the, the residents, the people, the remaining people of Aleppo struggling as they, as they were and are to just, just stay alive and, and get help to those who, who required the help. And the question repeatedly was, why do the ceasefires fail? And, and what I heard was because the most violent and radicalized groups will continue to fight even if the U.S., Russia, and the Assad regime declare ceasefires. Is, is that a fair assessment? It is. Uh, the ceasefire has failed because uh, Russia and, and uh, Syria had no interest in really in honoring them. Uh, they were simply giving lip service to the humanitarian and diplomatic process, but in fact uh, they wanted to destroy the rebel groups in Aleppo, and they've succeeded. But what this is going to do is radicalize the opposition. The opposition sees the United States doing nothing, It doesn't believe uh, there is a moderate way out, and so the people of Syria simply will gravitate towards the the hardline opposition, which is uh, a front for al-Qaeda. Colonel Mansour, what lies ahead, not just in 
in Syria, but perhaps more regionally with the new Trump administration and certainly uh, a pressing need for, for, for strong policy and, and direction. What, what do you see lying ahead? What would you advise? Um, I don't see strong policy coming out of uh, the Trump administration. He simply um, uh, is too all over the map in terms of his uh, public statements now. Maybe once he's in office, the gravity of the situation will take hold and he'll actually develop a policy. Um, you know, I'm somewhat uh, optimistic given uh, uh, General James Mattis as head of the uh, Department of Defense. That may put a voice of reason in the National Security Council. But um, I don't think uh, that U.S. policy will be settled for some time to come. I think it's going to take a long time for Donald Trump to actually um, develop a policy that he can sustain over the long haul if, if that indeed that ever happens. Um, in the meantime, I think Syria will go the way of Lebanon during its civil war. Remember, the Lebanese civil, civil war took 15 years yes. to, to resolve, um, and, and then finally it only resolved with a foreign invasion by Syrian ground forces. So we're only in year six of the Syrian civil war, and there's a long way to go with a lot of destabilization left to occur around the Middle East. So I, I guess big picture, how does this end and when and where? And does it have the potential to spread directly into Europe? Um, you know, uh, we in the West like to see definitive beginnings and endings to war, but that's not the history of warfare, which is usually messy and chaotic, especially when you're dealing with civil war and, uh, and, na- and nation states that are not, uh, whose boundaries are not necessarily drawn uh, definitively. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a redrawing of the map of the Middle East along sectarian lines. It's going to take decades to play out. And it will wash into Europe, uh, given the refugee flows into Europe and, and the uh, is- Islamic populations uh, in Europe already, specifically uh, the, the French um, um, Muslim population, which has already conducted homegrown terrorism there. So uh, an unstable reality for the foreseeable future. I think so. I, you know, there will be pockets of, of hope. Tunisia, uh, for one. Morocco looks pretty good. Um, Egypt, although it's under a military dictatorship, seems to be holding together. Uh, but uh, there's a lot of uh, question marks over there uh, in terms of Libya and Yemen uh, even Saudi Arabia, uh, given its uh, its, uh, its system of government, is is fragile. Uh, Iran continues to foment uh, war throughout the Shia Crescent, and, and of course Iraq and Syria are basket cases. So uh, I don't see a lot of hope for stability um, anytime soon. Um, but it will take strong policy by the United States and and its allies to if there will be any hope of stabilizing the situation. Professor uh, and, uh, and uh, Colonel Peter Mansour, former executive officer to uh, General David Petraeus. His book is Surge, My Journey with General David Petraeus and the Remaking of the Iraq War. Colonel Mansour, thank you very much. Uh, best of the Christmas season and a new year to you. Thanks, Roy. Happy holidays. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Colonel Peter Mansour. Uh, very worrisome. Very worrisome, very very disturbing and troubling. I mean, you, you can't find the appropriate adjective to just describe what we've seen in, in Aleppo, the suffering that people have undergone and continue to undergo. 
We'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll have an extended session of our Beauties on the Beast year ending with, <clears throat> excuse me, Catherine Swift, Linda Leatherdale, and Michelle Simpson. <laughs> 